0: Welcome to episode 51 of Telepractice Today with Kim Dutro-Allen and Dr. Todd Houston. Hello, everybody. This episode is going to be a little different. It's actually a replay of our 50th episode celebration that took place uh, on May 5th. So if you weren't able to join us for that May 5th event, we had this live episode in our Facebook group, in the Telepractice Today Facebook group. And Kim and I had a wonderful time speaking with Amanda Blackwell, Amy Graham, and Stacy Krause. And so here is that conversation with these extraordinary telepractitioners and professionals, and we hope you enjoy it.
1: Hey, I promise. And then he was like, he texted me and was like, I have, I, I want to call you about something. And I knew that he already had another podcast. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, maybe he wants me on as a guest to talk about it. And nope, nope. He wanted to start a whole nother podcast. <laughs> so, and I thought after about like episode two, I was like, I don't think, I, I don't know if I can do this. I would get so nervous. I would like, think of i i still sometimes have nightmares about it the night before i'm pretty sure i did last night thinking about this live but at the same time like it's it's really is our guests that make it so you know takes the pressure off of us and i'm like i don't care if nobody listens I have been able to sit down with 50 different SLPs in this year and learn from them. And that is something that has made me a better therapist, has changed what I do with my kids. And I wouldn't trade that for anything. So I'm glad that there's people listening so we can keep doing (laughs) this. But um, I I would get so much out of it, even if no one was listening.
2: That's awesome. Yeah. It's, it's been, you know, just the episodes I've listened to, I'm like, oh, even I, you know, seven years in for teletherapy, I'm like constantly pulling out little tidbits of things that are helpful for me. So yeah, it's been, a. but it's also at the same time been great for all the people that have just kind of had to dive into it. And, um, you know, uh, you know, it's impressive. You guys can talk about teletherapy for that many hours, but really like I can see how, because there's a lot of different angles to it. So
3: it's really cool. The people that have just gotten into teletherapy, the ideas that they have, like the fresh ideas that, like you said, Stacey, we've been doing it for years, but there's, we can keep learning new things. And then when people give suggestions, I'm like, oh, that's awesome. I'm going to try that. And, And it works with my students. So it's really cool to have the perspective of people who, haven't been doing it for a long time because they're coming at it from a different perspective and they have awesome, awesome ideas to share. So it's yeah, really that, cool. That
4: would be me, the one who has not done it for a very long time. I think. When did we get quarantined? That's when I started. <laughs> that Monday, yeah. Right, that, that very next. Week. <laughs>
2: I know. Meanwhile, I jumped into teletherapy over about five years. (laughs) Oh, I'll work Friday afternoons. Okay. Well I'll work Fridays the whole day on Friday. You know, like it was a very slow process for me. Mm -hmm. And I, it's hard to imagine all the people that are like, okay, Monday, good luck. Yep.
0: (laughs) I, I think we may have a question. So producer, what is, what is our question? I
4: said, hello, I'm tuning in during my drive home. I would like to hear Stacy's perspective of AVT and telepractice, the good and bad, and why she got involved in
1: telepractice.
0: So I don't know if you heard that, Stacey. Did you hear all that?
1: Yes. yes. So
0: the good and bad, how you got into it, AVT, telepractice, all that.
2: So okay. Well, I'm sorry to say all my AVT and all my teletherapy have been separate <laughs> to mm-hmm. this point. That is going to be changing soon, but um yeah. I've, I haven't done AVT. I've worked with a few kids on my school-based caseload with hearing loss and I'm like, Oh yeah, yes. Like give me more, <laughs> but like, it's just a school-based caseload. It's not, you know, I can't really say like, I want more kids with hearing loss and they can just funnel them to me. So it hasn't, I haven't done it yet. Um, but I'm going to be moving that direction in the future. Um, but just in general from like continuing education classes I've taken and, um, research I've done, it's a really great model for AVT because it is a parent coaching model. Um, you know, completely based in that premise of guiding parents, coaching them on strategies and how to facilitate speech and language and listening at home. So, um, from that perspective, it's a great fit. Um, and I'm excited to dive into it a little bit in the future. So stay tuned. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I was going to say, and Todd has some experience doing that. That's, that's where he started with telepractice (laughs) was doing ABT. So Todd, do you have anything to add?
0: Uh, I think you know, Stacy summed up pretty nicely. I think it. I think it works really well, especially with that birth to three, birth to five age range, um, in terms of you know early intervention, early childhood. Because you know what Stacy's saying, you know it's you know the 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 whole parent coaching model is built into the service delivery. Because we're not in the room to save the parent; the parent has to do it. And uh, I think what I have seen over the years is that i think uh, people that have been doing auditory verbal therapy in in person you know regular regular sessions uh, with families when they start doing telepractice they realize how much coaching they were not doing because <laughs> then it becomes very intimidating that they're having to coach every single thing and they realize that that they needed to really bring up their level of coaching Uh, Once they switch over to telepractice. So I had had a a colleague that once said, you know, that uh, she actually preferred telepractice as being the way to deliver AV services because you you just have to coach the parents. And when you're in person, you may think you're coaching, but you may not be doing as much coaching as you think you are. That's kind of what I've what I've seen a little bit.
2: That will be my learning curve.
0: But but I think it's a great model. I think it's telepractice certainly fits it very well, and um, or AV fits telepractice very well, whichever way you want to put it. Um, so yeah, I think it's if that person who's who's uh, calling in, uh, uh, driving home, go for it. If you're going to do AV and telepractice, I think it's a great sort of marriage, and let us know how it goes. So. How's What's been happening with you guys since uh, we last connected on the podcast? So, Amanda, I know you, young lady, and everyone is younger than me, so I can say that. <laughs> you were so impressive in terms of all the things you were doing. Um, give us an update on the stuff that you, you have going on and the program for autism and everything else that's happening there.
3: Yeah, so life continues to be crazy busy, (laughs) but it's great. Um, I have a difficult time saying no to projects, so I just keep getting involved in more things. But one exciting thing that's happening right now is that I'm participating in an international research study uh, about telepractice and, and especially working with children with complex communication needs. Um, so we're, we're partnering with Penn state and uh, university in Sri Lanka and South Africa. Um, and we're kind of just trying to learn what's happening right now with what's the state of teletherapy and AAC in these different areas and these different parts of the world. And we all have our own challenges in every region. And, and, but a lot of them, a lot of the challenges are, are similar. And so we're, um, we're trying to problem solve and think of ways that we can reach people in the rural areas and our AAC users all over the place. So um, so that's been really exciting and interesting to be a part of. Um, I'm the only one that's not attached to like a university officially. <laughs> I'm just kind of on my own here in Guatemala. Um, but it's exciting to be a part of that. Uh what else? We're still all virtual here just because the vaccine, I don't know what's happening with the government here mm-hmm. and the challenges in in getting enough doses or getting them even here at all. We're still like in the phase, the first phase of vaccines and, and really not advancing at all. So unfortunately we have a lot of students who are just have been out of school for a a year and are just out of school. I mean, like there's no, there's no chance to have online services or, um, people just don't have that access to, um, devices that are connected to the internet or they have a device that doesn't have internet or, you know, so, or we're paying by the minute for internet, which is not a good model. So, um, so we've got a lot of challenges that way. And I think that the effects of, of this are far beyond the virus itself. And and we're doing a lot of permanent damage here. So, so we'll see, it's, it's really sad for the places where I work um, who are doing their very best to provide services online. For our kids, um, with well, I work at a place called Fundal for children who are deaf-blind and have multiple disabilities, and they're doing an excellent job of, of reaching out to the families and getting them devices and getting them access to the internet. Um, and our families were already coming to Fundal with their child. It's like part of the requirements that you accompany your child to therapy and the classes and things like that. So they already knew what was up, and they they did a great job transitioning to home and just in continuing the coaching online. Um, and then I'm also at Down Guatemala, which is for children and adults with Down syndrome. And, and they also have done gone way out of their way to make sure that families are able to connect. But um, so in, in our specific foundations, we're doing well. But I know that the rest of the country is really, really hurting in that way. So it's unfortunate, but we're doing our best. And um, we have the Association for Speech Therapists here. And so at the very beginning of this last year, I did um, like a a training for all of our speech therapists here. And then it was actually publicized for everyone who speaks Spanish. So I got a lot of um, contacts from from speech therapists in Latin America, um, South America. So lots of people learning just to start fresh <laughs> out of nothing, like Amy was saying, that got thrown into it um, and didn't have any experience before. So it's been a privilege to be part of um, that learning experience, I guess, for for people Um, being able to be a resource, especially in Spanish, because there's a ton of resources in English, but not so much in Spanish. So it was really cool to be a part of that and and be a resource um, for other people who are Spanish speakers.
0: (laughs) And Amanda, we do have a question for you. It says, uh, Amanda, was it difficult to get started providing services internationally?
3: So for me, providing services in the U.S. wasn't a big deal at all. I actually was doing my doctorate, clinical doctorate in speech pathology and did a project about teletherapy where I had to research it and I had never even considered it before. I was trying to support myself on that Guatemalan salary, which is hard to do. Um, But then I realized like, oh, there actually is evidence and this is awesome. And so I was only licensed in Texas at the time when I moved here eight years ago. So it was really easy for me to just get fingerprinted and go through the the process to get licensed in California and New Mexico and Washington state. And being a bilingual therapist, I mean, there's no shortage of opportunities to to jump into teletherapy. Um, Here in Guatemala, we did not have an association until we we started. (laughs) Um, So there's no certification issues there. But I know tons of other therapists who are living outside of the United States and all they have to do is get licensure wherever they are. You just have to make sure that you're licensed in the country that you're in and then whatever state you're providing services to in the United States. Um, And now people's minds have been kind of open to the concept of teletherapy. And so even as we're getting back into in-person services, there's still going to be opportunities to do teletherapy. um, So within the country that you're in, if you speak that language. Um, and then back in the U.S. or around the world, um, I think you're going to have a lot of opportunities to do that. So you just have to be aware of the licensure laws wherever you are located. But for me, it was super easy to get going, and like I said, it's just been hard for me to say no <laughs> to all the opportunities that are out there for for telepractice.
4: Obviously, you have been busy.
3: <laughs> wow, I try <Okay>. oh. <laughs> just trying to be useful wherever.
0: And, and ASHA does have some guidance on how to, you know, what you need to troubleshoot to provide that international, if you're providing from the States to another country, they have some direction there. So check with ASHA as well. It's always a great place to start because you don't want to do anything to jeopardize your seas or anything like that. So
3: yeah, and I think I've done, Oh, sorry. I think I've done more continuing education to just getting up to date on all of the stuff that's online now. So being international, I don't feel like I've, Missed out on any continuing education things because now it's all online. So there are lots of opportunities to keep up with your, what's it called? Your CEUs or CEUs. Yeah. Okay.
1: So I, I know when a little bit before we were live and starting, we were talking about some of the things that we're getting used to getting back into and the things that we didn't miss in 2020 or the things that we did miss in 2020. What's some things that you guys um either mostly per, uh, professionally but maybe personally too learned from 2020 that you actually want to like take with you going forward the things that we do want to keep with us and not leave behind <laughs> with our masks eventually.
4: <laughs> I think for for me it actually has opened up so many opportunities that I didn't realize. I'm surprisingly so. Um for one thing, teletherapy in and of itself um I think opened opened me up to just more getting more technology oriented and just knowing that there are other options out there, um, for servicing my clients. And so I'm, I'm really as annoyed as I was a year ago. I mean, I feel like the learning curve was huge, but it's opened that way up for me as far as just service delivery model. And then just, I've been speaking much more that would, I don't think would have been an, occurred to me, um, if we weren't just on Zoom all the time. (laughs) So just because of that, I'm, you know, just speaking in more places virtually, which has been amazing. Um, I've been developing more products even through um, Boom Learning because I had no idea what Boom Learning was, (laughs) you know, a little over a year ago. Um, So for me, I mean, it's just opened up some opportunities that never would have probably um, happened otherwise, which is kind of a weird thing to say about something that is really terrible. I mean, it's, you know, it's been really terrible, but, um, if you can kind of flip it and see what opportunities have, you know, kind of availed themselves to you in, in the midst of some terrible circumstances that has actually, um, there has been a silver lining, I guess is one way to look at it. Yeah. Will you ever have a snow day again, do you think, no. in Colorado? <laughs> yeah, well, let me tell you, my kids are so upset about that. Work. I don't know if we ever will have another snow day. Luckily, their teachers have been very nice about not assigning a whole lot on those at-home learning Two snow days. days. So, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, they, they, my kids were not happy about I don't think there's one kid in Colorado that's happy about the no more right. snow day situation right well i
1: think it was nice for us because for some reason utah they have like i don't know an optimistic view and they never build buffer days into the school year. So we have snow days and then they're like, okay, we got to take away part of spring break or part of this to make up the snow days. <laughs> so well, that's I don't know why it. they never plan on,
4: we might have a snow day. <laughs> yeah. No, that would be worse. I, I would, yep. yeah, you don't want your vacation days taken away. Yes. yes. <laughs> so in that, in that way, the not having to make
1: it up somewhere else that it does make it nice. This is true. I think it's so nice too, for, you know, um, for SLPs that might have a really specialized area like you, Amy, where you just work on speech sound disorders and apraxia of speech to have a way that you can get to kids that might not have someone with that expertise in that area.
4: For sure. Yeah, definitely. In fact, I have um, some kids that really want to, um, you know, stay with me, but they have maybe siblings that are, you know, immunocompromised or, you know, medically fragile. And so it has been nice because I have been back in person for those families who want to remain or want to come back in person since last summer. Um, But I have had, you know, a handful of people that really do prefer um, to stay virtual. So, I mean, I I have a feeling it might be just a part of what I offer permanently um, because I have found it's it can be incredibly effective, especially for surprisingly, and depending on the child, but for apraxia where, you know, you need, they need that. I, I use a dynamic temporal and tactile cueing so much where they need to have eyes on your face. And I have found that the screen is actually plays into that. Very, very well, um, because I get my mouth all right up, right up in there, so they can (laughs) see me. And then they're looking at the screen, and I actually surprisingly get really great engagement from my kids virtually with apraxia. So, I've I've been surprised. you know, there's kind of a downside for some types of speech sound disorders. Like kids with maybe single sound errors, like lisps and, you know, where those sounds are, even with headset, it's kind of hard to right. tell um, quality, just audio quality wise, um, or even ours sometimes are tricky. But for some kids, especially my phonology kids, there's so many great online tools for treating and, um, you know, target selection and games that I have gotten some fantastic results with my kids with phonological depth. I'm, I'm really excited that I've learned that that it can be much more effective than I thought it could be. Initially. That
1: makes me happy to hear that. I feel like i have <laughs> a little bit watched, like uh, through their Instagram stories and things like that. Watched like you being at first like, I'm not going to do this. I don't know how to do this. And watched you kind of be like, yeah, this is a great thing now. And I knew you would get there. I know. You knew it. I know. I was like, we've all done that. This I was the most
4: reluctant teletherapist (laughs) ever, (laughs) but yes, I have come around.
2: (laughs) I think it's been like, for me, you know, I had a blog running before about teletherapy, but now I'm like, I have to like it's making me think, why do I do this? Like, you know, I'm just putting into words and making, trying to make sense of what I've been doing all along and not really been like necessarily consciously thinking about why is it we do it this way? Or how is this, how does this help in this situation? And just trying to get that information out there um, has made me really just like stop and really reflect on what do I like about teletherapy and how can it be effective and how can things be problem solved? So that's kind of been an interesting outcome from all of this that I've had.
4: I've noticed too, for me, it's made me a little bit more purposeful in how I plan and my just my therapy sessions in general, because I know you can't just, you know, get, oh, let's move over to this side of the room and grab this toy. I have to be really purposeful in what, you know, I, what I think we need to be doing and, um, yeah, so I totally get that that you you know the st- stuff you wouldn't think about or you didn't know mm-hmm. how to maybe put into words. You're kind of sitting back and like, okay, so so what am I do- What am I really doing? And then putting it into words, Stacey. Yeah, very, very true. Yeah.
3: I think right. it's also
2: made me appreciate. You know, I've mostly done virtual schools, and they have everything set up, and they you know the parents have a tech you know like a a little course they have to complete when their student enrolls to understand how to do all this tech stuff. And so I've just really appreciated the setup and how it's pretty smooth and they use devices where they can take mouse control and, and then hearing all the people that, you know, obviously they didn't have that luxury because it was very like jump in and go. Um, So it's kind of made me also just kind of more, you know, grateful (laughs) that, that I had that preparation and then trying to help bridge that for those that didn't.
1: Yeah, that's what I learned a lot about that this last year because all of, I'm kind of the opposite. All of my kids were in the schools, even though I was doing teletherapy. And then all of a sudden, all of my kids were at home without, you know, any of the parent training or anything to be like, this is how a computer works, you know, this mm-hmm. is how to get your kid on here. And mm-hmm. most of them were sent home with Chromebooks. And I'm like, oh, all of these things mm-hmm. I used to be able to do, I now can't do.
2: Yeah. Chromebooks, <laughs> so. so bad. <laughs>
1: So yeah, it was, it was still a learning curve for me I, at first was like, oh yeah, I can jump in. It'll be the same when they're at home. And it was not, there were some things to overcome. It was not all the same when they were at home.
4: I did love the amount of foreheads that I saw. So, <laughs> I mean, literally, this was my view for like half my kids. Were so, like, go get your mom. <laughs> you I'm always through. like, can you just, can you just like t- tilt the. The screen yeah. down a little
1: bit yeah <laughs> yeah I that totally was- I had a kid on the phone in the camper laying on a bed the other day and that's how we did speech it's <laughs> like this is not ideal <laughs> we'll make it
2: work though. one of my teletherapy friends I remember one year she was seeing a student that lived at sea like they had a boat and they were just I know. I was like, wow. I mean, talk That's about kind of cool.
4: access. Yeah. <laughs> like they're just sailing the sea. They don't have a I house. Had, yeah, I had one, one little guy that uh, they went camping and so he was in his tent. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> it worked.
1: So do you guys have any like just total I don't know, they can be funny or cautionary tales, fail moments that you've had in teletherapy this past year that you want to share with us and what you learned from them.
3: I think I've just had a ton of connectivity issues. The internet is terrible here. And so there are so many sessions where I like speak two words and then it's like, oh, okay, you're frozen. Or I just can't tell you how many times they've told me like, you're frozen. I can't see you. You're frozen. (laughs) But it's not my fault because my internet, I know it's fine. Like I paid lots of money to have steady study internet here. But unfortunately, on the other side, that's not always how it is. So there's so many times I'm just like, what? 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 or I'm trying so hard to listen to them. And it's just so impossible. I mean, I, Spanish is my second language anyway. But then when you add in a pause and then you know how it speeds up really fast when it comes back in the voice. And oh, my gosh, So it has been very, very challenging to try to piece together what people are trying to say and, and my patients, I'm, I'm trying to be more patient, but I don't know if I am right now. It's-
4: Yeah, the connectivity issue has sometimes been a little challenging, especially like for me when I had all my kids home and they were all logging on to Wi-Fi and my husband is logging into Wi-Fi and we're all like, whoa, (laughs) I need to get hardwired (laughs) because like we were cutting out. So that was, you know, just when everybody was home, that was the connectivity was an issue. Um, But yeah, I've had many, many a phone call with Xfinity. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Stacey, I have to say you're in trouble now because my husband has been saying that he's going to make me do speech therapy from a sailboat. Oh. <laughs> so
4: you it's
3: just
1: possible. let him know that it's possible. <laughs> yeah. Now he said in the comments, now I'm buying a sailboat.
2: <laughs> That's it. There's no more barriers to that. Yep. <laughs> That's I think it's always for me, the, the challenge, not really a challenge, but the kind of funny funny thing that happens is parents don't realize how much I can hear. Even if their kid has a headset, those microphones, I swear they're like supernatural. They pick up rooms away better than the kid's voice sometimes. And I'm like, Oh, is mom home? I hear her or whatever it is, you know, like just trying to get like, we can hear you. I can hear everything.
1: (laughs) I know. And especially if they have headphones, there's not like a good way for them to, it's kind of like, because they can't hear you, then they think you can't hear them. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I've had a couple I'm like, Oh, that was, that was a funny side conversation going on. Or I've had like even in the schools I've had like kids that are walking in and ter- talking to the aide before they get to me, and they are like, oh, I don't want to be here. And then they get on, and I'm like, you know, I heard all of that, right? Because <laughs> they're high school students, so I can give them a hard time.
4: Yep. I like the, the bathroom breaks are always kind of funny. And they, I mean, I'm just glad they don't take the laptops with them, <laughs> which I'm always a little nervous. That that's gonna happen, but you know, you're just kind of waiting. All right, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll hang out here for five minutes.
0: <laughs> oh, I, I had a parent uh, grab the laptop because the son that we were working with, working with their son, had hearing loss. He was about to, uh, you know, potty training, uh, maybe three. I don't know. What <laughs> wonder what age it is, you know. So he he turns and you know says something to mom. Mom says, "Oh, he has to go potty," and she whips him up off, you know. Up and we go running down the hall. She's carrying the laptop to the bathroom. (laughs) (laughs) Luckily, she was able to just tell him what to do while (laughs) I was watching her and not him. So, uh, but yeah, you have those uh, situations that come up sometimes. You just have to go with it.
1: Someone asked if we have any funny pet stories, pet visitor stories in our sessions.
2: Yeah, I have. My kids, my students are in Utah, and a lot of them live in on farms, like rural areas. And oh, look, baby ducks were born! Like, I mean, yeah, (laughs) like lots of, especially this time of year. Yeah, lots of animals.
1: Yep, yep. I've had a goat visit in the (laughs) session. (laughs) That was fun, baby goat.
3: (laughs) I am often competing with the chicken. Sorry chickens in the background so I hear them all the time because they a lot of times they just walk freely and or the homes are outside or you know like motel style where where the the doors open to the outside and then the chickens are just there so I hear a lot of a lot of that going on.
4: I had (laughs) one little guy he was kind of, kind of prop mom had him kind of prop so that he could, you know, be high tall enough to get, you know, have a good, I could have a good visual of him. And then he called to his dog and his dog literally came and like jumped on him. And you just see them both just topple. Her. That was, <laughs> I wish I had recorded that one. Cause that, that was hilarious. He was, he was fine, but it was fine.
0: <laughs> I had a, uh, a semi-naked dad walk in to uh, Because the the, the mom and and child were sitting at the kitchen table, you know, and the laptop was sitting there. And I, you know, so I could see, you know, the two of them. And then behind them was the kitchen, little island. And on the other side of the island was the refrigerator. So you see dad, you know, walk through. He has just a towel wrapped around him. He gets to... (laughs) He gets to the refrigerator door. He opens it up. And then you see this sort of like, oh, crap, kind of move. You know, <laughs> it, it kind of freezes. And uh, he's like, you know, he slowly turns around and sees us because they're now talking and interacting and all this stuff. And he grabs a beer and he runs off. The
2: <laughs> <laughs> Didn't stop him too much. Huh? Didn't stop him.
0: He still got his beer, but he only had a towel wrapped around him. So, but yeah,
4: I love it. I've had my kids sometimes; they they don't realize that like people can see like what is visible. So I've had I've seen Mm -hmm. one of my kids like literally crawl against the floor to try to go (laughs) grab something. Like we can see you.
1: (laughs) That's it. Before I. I think it took me a little while to get a lock on my office door. And before I did my therapy sessions sometimes looked like that, that funny YouTube video where the guy is like on and giving a news interview and his daughter walks in and then the mom's like crawling on that's, the floor trying to yeah. get the kids out of the room. That's what some, some of my therapy sessions before it looked like before I was like, okay, I need a lock on my door. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Let's see. We have, uh, Christy said, I uh, had a child take me to the bathroom with him. <laughs> so, um, Alana uh, mentioned that she had a goat there in one of her sessions, but uh, she's learned a lot about chickens lately. <laughs> so we have some other, uh, other people that are in the group uh, chatting about their their animal experiences.
2: I do find it's a way to like for a new student, a lot of times, if it's like they're shy or something, Oh, show me your pet. Or I show them my pet. And it's like a real good icebreaker a lot, or even just like sure. a fish tank. I had one girl. It was like, she wanted to show me your fish tank. And then it was like, Oh, okay. So you can use it to your advantage for sure that you're in their home. And so to speak, and they can show you things there. So,
4: yeah, that's been a really, a really good one for a couple of my little guys. He loves chickens. Or his speaking of chickens, we've talked a lot <laughs> about chickens today, but he loves chickens. So he has all these stuffed animal chickens. And I finally got to see him because I, you know, he's like, let me show you. Super, you know, it just kind of having that little window into their lives has been really yeah. fun. Yeah.
0: So, how many of you are now using green screens?
2: I haven't tried Never it. have.
0: Never <laughs> have. Never oh. have. That's, that's sort of the big, big thing, right? Think? That has. Amount out over the past year that, uh, people are getting into. So, so Kim is, cause I haven't really used them at all for therapy. Um, so Kim, how do you like using them?
1: So I, we had Abby Hickling on with a go, go speech and she puts out, um, a new one each week. If you subscribe to her, uh, her, Oh, I can't think of the word, but she has a subscription Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. her email list. And she has now she has like a paid subscription too. So you can be a member of the site, but I have um, a couple students with, I've actually even used it for some of just my Arctic kids too, because um, they'll put out a list of like targets that you can use with this week's story. And um, so I've used those with some of my really little kids and some of my kids on the autism spectrum that I feel like my goal is just to, at least get them engaged with another person for half an hour (laughs) and I'm like this is engaging this is fun so but I would say if if you're thinking about trying it don't feel like you have to I I, this is my green screen you can see I don't actually have a green screen (laughs) but it works well I know (laughs) if you have Mm -hmm. a pretty like plain background behind you and you can on zoom you can make it work which is their virtual backgrounds and it is not um you don't have to go and get a lot of stuff to be able to do it. This is really like, this is my curtain from my kid's room (laughs) and we, and it has worked well enough for those sessions. So, but there's lots of things like that. Like I had never tried a green screen before. I actually hadn't used boom cards (laughs) before. (laughs) I know that I was, I had the company I was working with, they had their own platform. So there was other, and only recently did they even have screen sharing. Everything mm-hmm. had to be loaded into their platform mm-hmm. to be able to use. So I had not used a boom card before the pandemic. And now I don't know how I lived without that.
2: <laughs> before the pandemic, I'd be like, hey, guys, there's these boom cards. And people are like, okay, cool. What What's are you talking about? I'm like, oh, it's is digital task. Blah, blah, blah. And they're like, oh, that's, that's great. <laughs> You're like, like a PowerPoint? Oh, no, like, no, it's really no. awesome. <laughs> oh, okay, sure. <laughs> but now I don't have to explain them anymore. It's like, oh my gosh, it's been like a year since right. I had to explain a boom card. It's really nice. <laughs>
0: yeah. I wonder There's how much there. that company has grown in the past year. Oh. I would love to see the stats on that.
2: Yep. Yeah, I used to email with a tech problem and within five or ten minutes, I'd have a response in
3: my inbox. <laughs> <laughs> Not anymore, I bet. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I use a lot of virtual backgrounds, but it's really just to like get somebody excited about jellyfish or, you know, whatever topic they're interested in. So I don't really use it like as a interactive thing during the session. But if I put something behind you just to talk about or to start a conversation that a lot of times is exciting enough for the kids. But we do like YouTube videos for Luna. Oh, I know, Todd, you mentioned that we have like a Spanish language um just educational channel about autism, and so uh, we use we have a green screen like studio and everything that we use, but that's more for the videos, not for like live therapy. I really just need virtual backgrounds, and sometimes I use like the you know like the things what are they called that you can add in Zoom now, where you put hats on and like mustache and all oh yeah the that filters anything. yeah yeah but I use those sometimes too just to catch people's attention. If I see that they're getting distracted, then all of a sudden I'll just put on a mask or something. And then it's funny. <laughs> yeah, and then they the like, look at me.
4: Really cool. The back, I was going to say, cause I, you know, I just went on and Google searched. Like I knew this one little kid loved the Avengers movie. So I just got Avengers backgrounds and just have all these Avengers and we just click them out and talk about them. And yeah, the backgrounds have been fun, but I haven't done the green screen yet.
2: I don't even know. I use Adobe connect and I don't know if they have anything like that. They just did a big update this week though. So I'm going to check. Mostly my kids are, upper elementary through like middle school, high school though. So Mm -hmm. I think if I had a lot of younger kids, I might use it more, try some more. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Someone else talked about, um, that they have used digital field trips for early intervention teletherapy sessions. Have you guys done any, uh, virtual field trips and sessions?
3: Yeah, I've gone to lots of places around the world, like zoos and aquariums. <laughs> I love those right. because they're like live cams. And so the kids love that to see what they're doing, to check in during the session. That's
1: what the end of last year, I was like, my kids are burnt out. I'm burnt out. They didn't get to do anything fun at the end of the school year. I was like, all week, we're just going on field trips.
2: <laughs> I'm going to be the fun one you, they remember at right. the end of the school year.
1: <laughs> I was like, and, you know, I would still get so many things like, oh, tell me what they you learned about, you know, the dolphin or the sea turtles. And so we still got lots of good things in there. But I was like, yeah, we're going we're gonna to make this fun.
2: Yeah, I like the National Parks uh, live webcams. Those are cool. Like, we learn about the park and we check in the webcam, and sometimes they're down or something. And I build all this, like, oh, and then we'll check in, we'll get to see. And then, like, the webcam's down. So that's <laughs> always a fail, but there's always YouTube <laughs> to save the day with the video or something.
3: And it's good <laughs> for language sampling, too. You can, like, ask them, like, what's their dream vacation spot or things like that. And then we can go visit the place after or during and then get them to generate more language, too. I do a lot of evaluations, so that's why I use it for language sample.
1: Yeah, I definitely do like the ease of, I just feel like it doesn't, it would be a weird transition in an in-person session to be like, oh, yeah, that's really cool. Let's go look that up on a computer. But when you're on the computer anyways, it's just like, yeah, let's go find something about that um, or learn more about it. I do have, I had one funny story though, that I was, you know, I do use, I use the safe YouTube link a lot. So I get, it doesn't have like the suggested video after or, or have ads pop up, but I had a pretty, a pretty mild embarrassing moment with one of them that I had pulled up the, um, baby signs website to show the parent sign. They have a YouTube plugin in their site. So I had showed the student and the parent one of the signs that we were working on. And then it, right after it pops up with all of my like oh. true crime <laughs> YouTube that I watch personally <laughs> as like the next suggested video. And I was like, okay,
2: and we're clicking away from that. <laughs> so Mine would that was, be like reality TV. I know. Stuff. <laughs> that too. <laughs> that too.
1: Yep. I was like, okay, um, let's look at something else now. (laughs) So I was pretty happy that that was like, you know, I've heard some real bad horror stories of things that people have had ads pop up for uh, when they're trying to show their kids YouTube videos. So I was glad mine was a very benign and embarrassing moment.
0: (laughs) Someone has mentioned uh, PBS Kids. Tanya mentions uh, using PBS Kids org and the games there for a lot of uh, early intervention activities.
2: Yeah, that's a good one. They have a lot a lot on there. And there seems like they're adding new ones a lot, too. So yeah,
3: I like them, too. And,
4: and I like my I've been using a lot of the ultimate SLP mm-hmm. for um, like the board games. I don't even sometimes I don't even use their <laughs> I just like the games themselves, just because with speech sound disorders. I'm more interested in like getting lots and lots of trials. So I'll share my, I can share a partial screen. Um, and then I have our target words on one side and we're playing the game on the other side. But my little ones, they love those board games, those interact where they get to pick their characters. And those are, those are really great. Yes. I have to be careful though. What windows I also have open when I'm sharing, <laughs> I'm sort of like, oh, they saw my Amazon shopping list. Think like, really quick. <laughs>
3: Yeah, Yeah, split
2: screen is something I don't think I did before the pandemic. Actually, now Mm -hmm. that you say that, I think that was I was pretty basic with screen sharing, one window, but right.
1: Yeah, I've had that happen too. Where I think that I've just shared one window, and then all of a sudden, I think look and like that little green box that shows what you're sharing is yeah. over
4: my whole screen. I'm like, oh, we're seeing the whole thing. <laughs> you got your like bank account statements open.
1: Yeah. <laughs> now you know everything. <laughs> so I've learned. I've learned minimize everything on your screen as much as possible before you do any screen sharing, <laughs> just in case.
0: Uh. You're getting some shout out, Stacy, for your boom cards.
2: Oh, thanks! So people love, love boom.
0: your your boom cards. Uh, Lana mentions uh, she loves uh, Daniel's Tea Party. Is that one of the PBS Kids games or one of the other games?
3: I think probably so. in Daniel yeah. Tiger. Mm-hmm.
0: Daniel Tiger, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's another one, so.
3: So I'm, In I'm, all of the trainings I do, I always mention, like, I think I have paid your rent or your mortgage because <laughs> at least a month, because I buy so many of your products.
2: <laughs> I kind of went crazy on boom cards before the pandemic. And now.
3: Oh.
1: I working I'm, out. <laughs> I know. I'm pretty quick too. Um, people are like, I need an activity for, I'll be like, have you checked Stacy Krause? <laughs> 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 have you looked at Stacey Krause? You need to look for Stacy Krause. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Appreciate it. I've had the K yeah. through 12 caseload for like seven years now, mostly upper elementary and middle school, but I have had the range. So I've pretty right. much you name the goal and the age I probably made it. I know.
1: And that sometimes is the hardest. Those I've had a full caseload of high school this year for the first time ever and I've been like oh, I can't find <laughs> activities for them, you know. And a lot of it I can just like I pull up a Newsella thing and we read an article, but I'm finding a severe lack of resources and activities to keep those kids engaged. So
2: yeah. I There's one- a
1: hint for content creators. <laughs> that's where you should go next.
2: Yeah. That's, I mean, that's been the bulk of my caseload. I had one semester where I just did high school and it was a previous company. And so I didn't have the ability to screen share. I don't like looking back. I don't know what I did with them. <laughs> it mm-hmm. was like a lot of probably boring PDF <laughs> readings yep. or whatever, yep. <laughs> um, but yeah. The ability yeah. to screen shares has just been a, is a de- huge. Yeah.
1: That's, I think that was my first year too. Cause I had, I did have a couple of kids that were actually in a juvenile detention unit my first year. And I was like, oh great. So not only do I get high school kids, which I've never worked with before. Cause I like little kids that <laughs> listen to me and think that I'm fun. And now I get the ones that are in a detention unit, <laughs> but they were actually actually some of them were better behaved than the high school students I see at the high school now.
0: <laughs> yeah. So Anna says that for high school students, uh, she likes uh, I like them to screen share me their favorite game. Less risky, she says. Oh. So maybe they oh, choose. It's on
2: there, at, yeah. <laughs> and they're Which tech I, savvy to know how to do that.
0: Yeah, you know, for a lot of the games, you know which we all have probably done, you know, I, I still play, you know, regular games with most of the kids I work with, if they have the language, of course. And, and, um, and they love doing it. I mean, they love telling me the pieces to move and I will spin and roll the die, whatever the case may be. And they still love playing, even though they're not hands-on obviously. Uh, But it's great for expressive language.
4: I had one. Yeah. One, um, he was not happy about having speech one day, and I said, "Well, what do you want to do?" He's like, "I, my mom told me to get off my iPad because I was playing Bubble Shooter." I'm like, "Well, let's <laughs> play Bubble Shooter." <laughs> like, where, where is it? So we, it was on aarp.com of all places. <laughs> but it was this little, you know, that little Bubble Shooter thing where you just kind of aim and you shoot the bubbles, and we got tons mm-hmm. of trials, and he was happy, so I was happy.
0: There you
3: go. That's awesome.
4: I a-
0: use a- jam boards a
3: lot. Yeah,
0: yeah that's I'm the only one that would that can like get a ARP <laughs> right now. So full well, access. I funny. can I can go try it.
3: Do you guys use jam boards at all or no I' I'm no. playing around with it a little bit. So I take most of my PDFs and I just take a screenshot of it and put it on my jam board. And then that way the students can choose like the game piece that they want. Like I have lots of Peppa pigs moving around the game boards or like Sonic was big for a while. And so they get to pick because you can put any Google image on there and then you just move it around. So you make anything. That's what I use all the time with kids who have Chromebooks because we can't give them screen control. Right. So right. if you just give them access to the jam board, then you guys can both move things around and, and it becomes super interactive. And And I love that you can personalize it and kids get to choose whatever. There cool. I use it a lot for tic-tac-toe and a lot for, for board games. And we get lots and lots of repetitions for doing um speech sound. So that's another good one. If you don't know Jamboards, yeah. check it out. I
2: need just, to look at that. Just yesterday I was talking to someone about annotating in Adobe, which is what most people use to open a PDF. And it is kind mm-hmm. of tedious and it's it's not the way it's you know designed that program is designed for annotation. It's not.
3: So Jamboard is a good alternative. I should. Yeah, suggest. it's super quick because you have to prep more. I feel like when you use Adobe, it can still work. It's just, you just have to like know your way around and practice a little more. I feel like Jamboard's a little more intuitive because we're all used to Google Docs and yeah. all those collaborative things. And it doesn't require giving permission, just sharing the link and putting it in the chat box and the kids right in there with you. Looking mm-hmm. at That's the same neat. thing. That's
1: a good thought. I've looked at um, Teachers Pay Teachers has come up with a new thing too, where they have kind of a PDF annotated um, thing too. It's ESL.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I've, yeah. I've, I've just like barely started to look at that, but it looks like it could be um, something that was similar to Jamboards a little bit, but gives you some, it's, it's almost like combining a PDF with uh, boom cards because you can do things like have your students submit an answer and look at their answers on it. So it's another thing that's kind of new and exciting to look at what you can do with it.
2: Yeah. And I think it's really a nice thing for therapists are on the go because you can just pull up whatever you've purchased on TPT. You know, if you're at your computer and you're just on your iPad or whatever and the school laptop and you still have access to anything you've purchased on there. So I haven't played with it much, but I I like that feature. It's like your own little cloud-based storage for your resources. Mm -hmm. Yep.
0: Kim, do you want to work through your questions?
1: Yeah, I'm trying to think. Um,
0: what haven't we covered? we talked about
1: a couple of yeah. them. Okay, here's one. Um, if you could go back and give yourself one piece of advice when you were first starting telepractice, what would it be?
0: Invest in boom cards.
4: <laughs> invest in the
0: company.
1: <laughs> or Zoom. Yeah, yeah, literally
4: <laughs> invest. Or Zoom.
0: <laughs> Call your broker.
4: Take breaks between your sessions. Because I had, when I I see kids in person, I see a back to back. Mm-hmm. And so, and so I just like, well, well, just do that for teletherapy. And wow, did my back hurt after sitting in a chair for like four hours straight. So just get, just getting up and moving around. Just sometimes it's just the little things that help.
2: Yeah. Along those lines, I started in the basement on this couch. That's not even a good couch. And that's where I was seeing students like with a laptop on my lap, like, Oh my gosh. I can't. And then i had, an office area. I created an office space for myself and it was a game changer. I'm just like, Oh, how did, how did I handle that? So yeah, get, find a space, make it comfortable, make it, um, you know, ergonomic, (laughs) Mm -hmm. not the couch in the basement.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's what we are moving this summer and we were looking for a new house and I was like I'm getting an office I'm not getting a bedroom that I turned into an office that I might lose to a kid one day <laughs> I'm getting an office <laughs> and that that was my goal in there so yeah I would agree with that and I've invested recently in like my nice like gamer chair <laughs> to have a good comfortable chair um yeah that's a, that's good advice save your back from the get-go
3: I, let's see, I could have avoided a lot of internet issues if I would have just gotten the adapter for my computer for the ethernet cord because I never lose signal. I'll probably freeze right now that I'm saying that. But (laughs) I, I, having that connection directly to the router has just saved me so many headaches. I, I have a housemate who's a teacher and she was doing her online Um, work and she was using the Wi-Fi and and the same thing every five seconds she's freezing even if our internet is supposedly good the Wi-Fi signal is just not that reliable so getting that I mean of course I had to import it from the U.S. and like wait three weeks to get the adapter for my computer but once I got it it's been smooth sailing since then just having the direct connection even in 2021 I mean I guess I'm in Guatemala but still I think it's good for everybody if you have a, a hardwire connection right it helps a lot.
1: Well, we went, um, I told this story a couple of weeks ago, but we had my spring break did not line up with my kids' spring break. So I was just like, we're still in a state that I am licensed in. I'm gonna go on vacation with them and just work from vacation. Um, And so we had a condo and I was having the same issues with Wi-Fi. And we went after my first day of being like two kids worked, two kids didn't, this is terrible. We went to Best Buy and I have like a little go bag now (laughs) so I can still hardwire anywhere we go. Cause that was, it was the same thing. The internet speed was fine. It was the um, consistent connection on there. Yep. But I did, Mm. I did the same thing. I went a lot of years before I went years before I hardwired. And I was (laughs) like, Oh, it's probably your internet. Mine's fine. I know I have a strong connection and it has made a huge difference when I finally just did that.
2: Yeah. I just hardwired over, I think over COVID because internet, I don't know. It's like, it it had never been a problem. It's literally the modem thing is like literally
1: right next, 18 (laughs) inches away,
2: but it wasn't hardwired until... Recently, I was like, ah, "Something's. I don't know if it's all the
4: people online or what, but
2: it yeah. is a much better.
4: Yeah, I did the same thing, too. And I waited too long to do it. <laughs> should have done that just right off the bat.
2: I know. I preached it to my students for years. And then
4: here I was <laughs> not doing it. Right.
3: And I'm sure everybody now has gotten the two screens because that's just a life changer. I mean, I hope that everybody who's doing teletherapy, ther, teletherapy has the luxury of having two screens because otherwise right. it's just so cramped on t- and trying to do I data know. collection and all this stuff. It's, it's, it's just impossible on one screen. I feel like, I mean, I guess you could, but everything's just too little.
4: I only have one screen. Amanda, what?
3: I don't know. what? have you <laughs> tried two screens because if you do you will never go back to one I have,
4: no I only have this one well I have a laptop but I've never like I've never mm. put them side by side I should try that you but can try it laptop? just with your
3: tv oh oh, <laughs> oh maybe <laughs> you don't need it if you have a huge I'm I think I'm talking about people working just on laptops on their laptop I've got like
4: yeah. a, a big iMac or yeah
3: mm-hmm. okay. so I, maybe
4: work. I haven't needed it I guess that works too
1: you're yeah, I, I have I have one really wide, like double wide screen too. So, but yeah, I we'll think allow um,
2: it. My, yep,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think my first months I was on like a thirteen inch laptop, and I was like, "This is so hard. Can't I can't even." You know, I couldn't. You like, like you said, like take data or even like look my schedule for who was coming next at the same time as seeing my students so yeah that was yeah I think
3: I do changer. so much teaching online so I always want to see my students and if you share your screen then a lot of programs like you just you lose you have to choose one or the other like see the people or talk to yourself right. while you're giving a presentation so I'd much rather see the people and then have the presentation on the other side so anyway consider it if you haven't already done it for the
1: but, um, Tanya in our chat says that she's been using one screen and has done teletherapy for over five years. That's so awesome. it, can, it can be done. Kudos.
3: <laughs> Kudos to you.
2: It did take some getting used to. I remember when my husband set it up, I was like, I don't understand. Like I have to open it on here too. He's like, no, it's just like, it's a continuation. You just drag yep. it over. <laughs> yeah. I was like, Oh, <laughs> it was a very yeah. It's just a expanding.
3: It's just expanding your workspace is really yeah. how I see it when I talk people. Yeah. because it's like if you were working at a desk too, you can work at it like a little table, but if you had extra space, you could use it. And maybe you don't know that you could use it, but it's possible. I guess we're just, I'm just partial.
2: Yeah, If you're in this for the long haul, if you're going to be doing teletherapy, yeah, yeah, it might be something to consider.
1: I would say, too, the one thing that I notice with that is sometimes I think that things are big enough on my kid's side because, like, mm-hmm. it looks really big on my screen. But then I have to remember that for them, it's shrunken down. So I'm constantly being like, is that big enough? Do I need to make it bigger? And mm-hmm. making sure with that that um, they can see what what I can see.
0: I think we we have uh, some people in the chat are basically they they're old fashioned. They want the one screen, and then many others are saying yes, multiple screens are the way to go. So it's kind yeah, of looks, evenly Looks like divided. we've maybe
1: yep. Yeah, looks
2: like we've maybe talked Tanya into <clears throat> it. <laughs> yeah, maybe. we're starting World War Three in the chat. I think about screens.
3: <laughs> oh uh, well, after telecom, when we did that in was that March or April? I don't know when it was like fifty thousand people watched the uh, the intro mm-hmm. stuff to teletherapy and. And I remember people emailing me like a week or two later saying like, I will never go back to one screen. This is life changing and all these things. So because I just, and when I started, I took the TV out of my living room and used it as my second monitor because anything that has an HDMI plug in the back can plug right into your computer. So if you just try it, I just encourage you to try it. <laughs> Okay. But if you don't, it's fine. Do whatever you want to
0: do. <laughs> just go to Goodwill and buy an old used monitor and try it, Amy. See how it goes. All right.
4: All right. <laughs> talk me into it.
0: Um, I'm just curious about voice issues. Anyone have any voice issues? You, you know, you talk about, you know, Amy mentioned sitting for long hours and uh, and then uh, any voice issues or any problems with with that? In term, or maybe eye strain or issues. I those did ones? that
4: first, that first week I was hoarse after the first day. And then like, I bought this and this is water. <laughs> I just <laughs> I just always have water to keep myself hydrated. Cause yeah, I totally mm-hmm. lost my voice. You don't realize how when you're, when you're not talking face to face in person, you are talking louder. And mm-hmm. so I didn't realize the strain I was putting on my vocal cords at the moment, but yeah. yeah I, I have
0: tequila. I have to, keep it. <laughs> That's, that does seems to do it. Okay.
2: Yeah. I think when I upgraded to noise canceling headphones, I noticed mm-hmm. I was talking louder cause I couldn't hear myself. Yeah. Um, so I had to kind of adjust and it's still, I catch myself being loud. So yeah, it's, it's constantly, I'm something I'm trying to make sure I'm not abusing my vocal folds. So.
1: Right. Right. That's why I, um, one of the things I've done recently is I picked like one story to read with all of my students. So I'm reading the same story, like eight times. That's, that's conservative eight times a day. <laughs> but, um, and I noticed too, like we, we did an episode on um, voice disorders for SLPs doing speech there or working online and I started to like notice and I'm like, okay, I need to like, maybe I could speak a little bit quieter, speak in a lower register. So it's not so much. And I, it was, um, interesting the awareness that that made me have. And, but yeah, I did have some problems with eye strain too. I, um, wear contacts and some days when I knew I was going to have like a full, eight to three kind of day, I would switch and wear my glasses and we've done episodes on that too. It's not technically supposed to make any difference, the, blue, the tinted glasses, but for some reason it did help my, um, some eye dryness and some eye strain that I was having. So play around with it and see what works for you, whether or not any, there's any data <laughs> <laughs> to say that it, they actually work for those blue light glasses.
2: I find they help too. I don't know if it's a mental thing or not, but I do find that the blue light glasses make my eyes less feel less strained at the end of the day, especially at night if I'm doing any work at night.
1: Yeah. Oh, I do have a question about that. You guys who are content creators, how do you do it on top of actually seeing a caseload? Like I just, I don't know, maybe if I just spent less time watching you guys on Instagram doing (laughs) it, that I could get it done. But, but how do you do that? How do you balance doing, um, being a full-time or part-time, you know, having a caseload and also creating things for other people
2: to use? I, I, didn't sleep. <laughs> I didn't sleep for a few years, but now I do. I don't do much at night anymore. Now I'm part-time. So I do like have more of a balance, but yeah, for a while I didn't, <laughs> it, was, it was nuts, Yeah, And but I, I liked it. So,
4: I have a part-time caseload too. So I think I'm kind of, you know, if I were full-time and with the family and that, I don't, yeah. I don't think I could, I could do it. Um, and I, I really, I'm a slow creator. <laughs> like, I feel like I have one thing coming out every two months. <laughs> That's about it. But, um, but I enjoy it. It's, it's a fun outlet. And I feel like when you, um, cause I made things just specifically that I wanted, you know, because yeah. it's, I wanted to use it. And so I made very cycle. you know, like cycles specific. Cause I had a lot of kids I was using cycles with. I'm like, how am I going to do this virtually? Um, cause it's a very specific intervention. So I just made my own and, you know, but it, yeah, it takes time and there's a huge learning curve, huge. <laughs> so, especially when you're making things, cause I only, um, really only make things on boom learning boom cards, but, um, yeah, it's just little by little. And sometimes I get so tired, you know, I'll either sit down and do it for three hours or then I won't touch it for two weeks. <laughs> and then I'll, you know, I'm like, I'm sick of it. I don't look at it anymore. I'm tired of dragging things around and picking pictures, but yeah, it's, it's a lot.
2: Or I, you know, I'll start something. Cause I'm like, oh, I need something for this kid. I just need this. And I start it, maybe use it part of it. And then it just yeah. sits there to die. Like I don't ever go back to it. I have so many things like, just <laughs> like that. So I could probably be a lot more efficient, but I don't know. It's kind of just a, a fun hobby. I do all watching TV at night sometimes or. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Multitasking, huh? So all yeah. it's multitasking. Yeah. Well, A it's, lot of it. what you guys are doing is it's so impressive. So it's, you know, seeing all the stuff that you guys are creating. It's, it's amazing.
1: Thank Let's you. see. Uh, Tanya gave the tip of using materials that read the stories aloud um, for you. And I think my boom cards do do that, but my, um, my screen share that I use does not screen share sound too. I can't figure that out quite yet how to get it to do that, but that is a good idea to find some of those. There are a lot of ones that people have produced that read the story for you. Um, and that's a great idea. I could record it. Maybe I'll record it and Ooh. make them watch a video of me reading yeah, it There you go. Yeah, mine... <laughs> while I sit and finish paperwork or something.
2: I can't share sound on my platform either, so. Yeah, that's sometimes I have the students read it if they're old enough, you know? Yep,
1: yep. Sometimes I bounce back and forth, but by the end of the day, I'm like, I've read this eight times. You get to read it this
4: time. (laughs) (laughs) I'll highlight your sounds and you, yeah.
0: (laughs) And Christy mentions, I love all of Amy's Boom Cards posts and Borum collaboration.
4: Yoram, yep. Yoram. Thank you, yeah. Yeah, I know we've done a lot, done a lot with yep. Jenny Biorum lately. We just had our new, um, the cycles specific cards are just up for pre-sale right now. So yeah, I got a lot, a lot coming out right now. Awesome. So I'm glad you like them. Whoever said that. <laughs>
1: You need to talk to her about you need to talk to Jenny Bjoram about making her cards in a digital version. Oh, I know
2: (laughs) she did.
1: Didn't she? Did she? I think she said that if you own the physical ones that you were welcome
4: to scan.
1: Them to
4: to use them. Like for personal use for like the kids and not, you know, yeah, not elsewhere. Yeah, for sure. But um, I know a lot of her. She has that have her cards, too. And I'm not sure if she has like her, her cards on them. Yeah. I think some of them, yeah, actually she does. does I know. I I don't know if she has like, if she has any plans for like just um, a digital version, that would be interesting. Yeah. Cause they're great. I, I love those cards.
1: Yeah. I've seen a lot of them used. I like, I don't know. Sometimes I'm like making my, my own version of like finding a picture that is similar to it or using, using the, um, some of the analogies that she uses of how to make the sound, I use that with a lot of my students too. Right. right. And
0: we did lose Amanda. Hopefully, she'll be able to rejoin <laughs> us. So, those of us, those of everyone who's in the in the chat, can know that we'll we'll try to get her back on. So, hopefully, she'll come back in.
2: She was just talking about her internet. She I know. That's <laughs> <I, I> right. <tried. laughs>
0: Big brother was listening and
2: yeah,
0: her <laughs> off let's see. Oh, did, um, did we talk about the fail moment? We did talk about the fail moments, didn't we?
1: Yeah. Well, I think so. I think we've got, I think that went along with it too. We talked, um, is there anything else along with like, uh, people barriers to doing telepractice that either that you, you had thought of in the beginning or that other people perceive as a barrier to doing telepractice and what have you, done to like work around it. Those moments where people are like, you can't do telepractice with, or it will never work for.
2: I was coming from a medical setting to school-based. So I was jumping not only from in-person teletherapy, but from, I never worked like a formal school job. I had had like, you know, a clinical in grad school. So that was my biggest learning curve initially was like IEPs, case management, all those laws. And then now, working in different states, like learning, okay, eligibility for this state, eligibility for this state, and making sure that you're following the state laws for that, um, you know, for special education is, I think, one of the biggest barriers for, you know, people that are, it's not a barrier, but when it's one of the learning curves for people that are um, providing telepractice in a state different than where they live, Mm -hmm. or from a medical setting to the school's.
1: Yeah. And I think those are some of the things that people don't really think about. Like case management was really one of my biggest hurdles to overcome when I started this, because I was like, how do I schedule an IEP with people that I don't even live in the same time zone as? (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, that's, that's a good one. Um, And it's just communicating a lot with everyone Mm -hmm. making sure everyone knows who you are who you work with at that school and using that to uh fix that and so it does go more smoothly but if you can if you can get someone at the school who is like I I really need you to schedule these for me and I will show up when you need me to but you know the school you know the schedule there that's always helpful
2: Yes. Especially like you said, when like you're working with students in their school, yep. my, my virtual school, they're pretty used to that, but like yeah. yours, I mean, I remember when I was working at a high school and it was like their brick and mortar school and just trying to get like the webcam in there. So I could see the participants, like just all those little details, you know, cause I was the only one calling in And I was case managing from the laptop, you know, sitting on the table in the middle of all of them. So, yeah, that's another barrier, another hard, um, one of the hard parts about it.
1: Yeah. What about you, Amy? Was there anything that you thought, like, this
4: will never work? I mean, like I said, I think I I was like, how is this going to work with my kids with apraxia? You know, and I thought this, I don't, I don't think this is going to work. And then when you kind of have to (laughs) have to make it work, Mm -hmm. you find the workarounds, um, and you find what can work to your benefit. And so some of, you know, some things it still does not work great for, like, I'll be honest, Lispers. (laughs) I I need to see some of those kids in person. And I've even told parents like, Like for ours, I'm like, I need, they need tactile cues. I just have to give them some tactile cues for some things. Um, But some of the, you know, some of them I'm I'm surprised at how well it has worked. And I think because, you know, you can use that, I use that screen to my benefit. Like, I mean, I'm getting my face like right up in there. So they have a really great visual of what I want them to do. And when we're doing DTTC and um, we're doing that simultaneous production, um, I I was surprised at how well that worked. Yeah,
1: I was thinking with a simultaneous production, I was worried um, that it wouldn't quite match up because I remember back like... 12 years ago, when me and Todd first started doing speech therapy, I remember that I would try to sing with kids and there was this
4: weird gap. <laughs> delay. So I would just
1: kind yeah. of like start the song and let the parent keep going with it. Cause there is this weird gap between their yeah. sound and my sound. Um, but yeah, I have noticed, you know, and the kids are getting their own visual feedback so yeah. they can always see themselves. You don't have to pull a mirror in for them to see themselves. They are seeing exactly. themselves too, which can be a bad thing. Sometimes, sometimes they get distracted with <laughs> that, but I've noticed that too.
4: Like I can say, look at
1: your video. Is your mouth doing what my mouth is doing?
4: Mm-hmm. Well, and the, the other benefit too, is for many of my really little ones, mom or caregivers or whoever is there. And so they get the benefit because many times they're, they're not, they don't come in my sessions mm-hmm. um, when I'm working with, you know, four-year-olds or five-year-olds on phonology. And so they don't really see all the time what I'm doing. And so they have the benefit of actually hearing how I'm cueing. Hearing, you know, the different prompts I'm giving them, and so they have that benefit of like, oh, that's so. That's how she does it. You know, you try to explain it when they come in in person in the last couple of minutes, and like, here's right. what. But when they actually see it in person, I think that can be a huge benefit too.
0: Let's see. Tanya says uh, that she agreed with Stacy about uh, California is a very litigious state. She lives in North Carolina and also provides services in. California when you were talking about
1: um, different laws different yeah.
0: laws and things. And she also said when talking about some of the um, not being able to see certain things or, or those kinds of things, having that support person, whether it was a parent or someone else to, to be on the other end to help. And, and Alana was mentioning that, you know, teletherapy is great for carryover. So being able to reinforce carryover through telepractice. So I think it's about time we do start to head into wrapping up. I know you guys are, you've given us so much of your time and we really appreciate that. So the past couple of episodes, what we've been able to do is sort of a moment of Zen kind of thing that um, we are still trying to come up with what we want to call this. But <clears throat> have you guys ever watched the, uh, the uh, Inside the actor Studio? You ever mm-hmm. seen that show? So so Amy, Amy's the only person in the country besides <laughs> me that has actually seen this show, <laughs> apparently.
4: Well, I like uh, the SNL parodies of it in the actor's studio, too. That was my favorite.
0: Yeah, right, this, SNL has done parodies of it. <laughs> um, so, you know, at the end, they, they had the the Prowse questions that, that were the same questions they asked every actor. You know, our question is a little different. And so I won't ask what your favorite cuss word is and things like that, (laughs) unless you want to share. That's fine. But (laughs) we'll keep it. We'll keep it family uh, oriented. Um, So and you guys can elaborate as much or as little as you want to.
1: Yep. Yeah. You can just give the answer without any. Any explanation or you can explain it as much as you want.
0: Right. So you guys ready? So I think so. So, Amy, we'll start with you what's the most used app on your phone
4: i mean instagram
0: <laughs> oh. how about you stacy
2: um i would say instagram or like my kids daycare app <laughs> like oh they post a picture you know oh cool, cool. So, yeah
1: is that um, like class dojo do they use that or is it something similar
2: it's tadpoles tadpoles yeah that's fun yeah it's fun to see, especially when they were babies. The first week at daycare, you know, it's like constantly checking, like, okay, okay, it's okay.
4: <laughs> That's awesome. Still breathing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: Um. So, what was the last TV series that you streamed? When you were multitasking, Amy, and creating all these things. Yeah. And-
4: <laughs> uh i'm trying i'm trying to think it was probably breaking bad for like the sixth time <laughs> it's it's
1: i have a funny true. story oh, yeah. with that we've talked about before the um oh what is the there's like my home app or my mm-hmm. my play my home, play home. There is a little character in there that looks exactly like the guy from Breaking Bad. Like they had to have done it on purpose. He's wearing a white lab coat and he's got goggles that's and a hilarious. goatee and he's beard and he's bald on top. <laughs> it had to be on purpose. It's too perfect.
4: <laughs> oh, that's great.
0: So can you move him around and he's cooking meth yeah. in the basement? Or something like that?
4: There's some language. Activity. There. That's, that's a new language <laughs> activity that we could
0: come up with. Hey, there, that, that's our next million right there.
2: <laughs> I just looked at my phone. I was like, what have I watched lately? Okay. 2020. I like the true crime. Also <laughs> yeah, yeah. the bachelor, this is us. So that's a pretty diverse.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that that sounds you, you and my wife have the same taste in terms of what she's a, she loved breaking bad as well, but that's, that would be her answer yeah. right now. Um, What's a, what's a favorite book that you've read?
4: I am not, I will say I'm not a fiction fan, so I don't enjoy, I don't read to enjoy, no. I just read to learn. <laughs> um, I am, I just, gosh, I don't have it in front of me. It's one of my favorite, um, pastors that he, he wrote a book, um, on, on, gosh, I wish I Trying to remember what the name of it, I just bought it, I just came from Amazon, but I can't think of the name of it. Body Bacham, that was his name, and so I got his book ready to go.
2: Awesome, Stacy. Same, I'm not a big reader unless it's about AVT or something <laughs> like that. Research, um, I read oh, Story Brand, it was like a marketing mm-hmm. book mm-hmm. recently, and that was really good. That was recommended from a fellow content creator, and that was probably my most recent one. I won't even say how many months ago it was. <laughs> <laughs> good, good enough. That's good. Um,
0: Amy, what's your favorite genre of music?
4: Oh, you know, I just, it's a weird question because I feel like I like a little bit of everything. Um, but if I want to just not be stressed and enjoy myself, I love the standards. So I'll listen. I love Nat King Cole and, Buble and all the, I mean, I love those like Sinatra. I love it. Mm-hmm. I had to go in for an MRI and they said, we'll give you some music to listen to. i like, can I listen to standards? Or like, what's that? <laughs> like, <laughs> sorry. I'm, I'm 85 on the inside, I guess. I don't
0: know. <laughs> oh, I love, I love jazz in the standards yeah. too. So that's good.
2: I recently got XM in my car. So I flipped between like eighties, <laughs> nineties country and um I'd say that's about it. Yeah, 80s, 90s and country, a little bit of 2000s, like yeah. the good old days, <laughs> <Right>. you know. <laughs>
4: you can't beat a good
2: 90s playlist. I'll give You're you that. Right. That's true. That's true. <laughs> my kids are like, "You know every song." I'm like, "From this decade, yes. <laughs> Not this one, the one a couple of decades ago."
4: That's
2: right. <laughs> um
0: what's your favorite word? Oh my gosh.
4: should have thought about that one for a minute no the one i think most probably no (laughs) (laughs) i do have three kids (laughs) okay Mm. gosh
2: i can't even think um favorite word i'm drawing a blank i don't know
0: what do you say when you something's exciting like
2: yay (laughs) um (laughs) I don't know. I really don't. I'm going to my kids' softball game. I could next after this, I could probably get back to you and see what comes out of my mouth. <laughs> Hopefully so what, it's a good word. So what's your what's your
0: least favorite word?
2: No. I mean there's a lot of words <laughs> I, I can't say. spell. <laughs>
0: Amy is consistent. That's good.
1: That's what um who was it? Someone made a shirt that has speech language pathologist and language is spelled wrong. That would be the one that I can't ever spell spell that word right. Yeah, back. I always yep, can't, yep, can't. Yep. Can't do it. I like that. And I Raccoon. definitely definitely I use definitely all the time. I can never spell it right.
2: Yeah, yeah words I can't spell. I mean, I could rattle those off. Um <laughs> Yeah. Raccoon and vacuum, those double letters. I'm just like, oh, thank goodness for my editors and spell check. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so, what's uh on the
0: same uh, by the same token in a sense. So, uh, what sound or noise do you love?
4: I, quiet. I love the sound <laughs> of my kids playing their instruments. Um nice. not when they first started. <laughs> <laughs> I just like when I hear my daughter pick up her fiddle upstairs, she plays the fiddle. I love it. Oh, nice. I just
2: kind of had that experience this past week. My daughter's been taking online piano lessons from Speech Serenade, if anybody um, Mm -hmm. purchases from her. She's a teletherapist too. And like just this week I was listening. I was like, wow, that's a song. That's like an actual song. (laughs) so So, yeah that i love i love when they're getting my kids are getting along and like hearing them just kind of distantly getting along that's that's another favorite
0: (laughs) good so what's a sound or noise you hate what just really gets you and if you hear that noise
4: you know i'm one of those people that can't like if you're if you're sitting next to me don't eat something crunchy because that's going to just drive me nuts yeah i can't i can't take it (laughs) i don't like that sound yeah, when people like
2: with their lips make a sound, it makes my teeth hurt. Like I know this is very weird, but there is a sound that like literally hurts in my molars <laughs> when people do it.
1: I've but never like, been able smacking. To... No, it's kind of like smacking their lips. Like
2: I can't even do it. My mouth is dry right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but like, if you were like, <laughs> I can't do it. Guys <laughs> <laughs> are well, like, she is crazy. But it's a weird sound. Um, But it doesn't happen often. But when it does, man, it just hurts.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, if you didn't choose your current profession, what profession would you like to try?
4: I actually get asked this question when I do Mm -hmm. my little question boxes on Instagram, and I never, I never know. (laughs) Like, I don't know what Mm -hmm. I would be good at or want to do. Um, Yeah, I just, I, I, that's one of the hardest hardest things to answer i can't i can't even i don't even know what i would do isn't that weird i have no other no other desire you're in the right place yeah. what
0: what when you were when you were younger when you were growing up what did you know, you when,
4: I was, when i was younger i thought i wanted to be a chef oh. and then um found out you had to work evenings and weekends like that doesn't sound like fun. So.
2: <laughs> i was all set to be a dental hygienist and like change my major right before college and luckily, my college had speech pathology because I was all set on going there still. So sometimes I'm like, I, when I'm at the dentist, I'm like, hmm, would I like this? And I'm like, no, I don't think so. <laughs> Maybe the dentist part, not the cleaning.
0: Yeah, well, hearing all those noises coming out of people's mouths.
2: Probably right. <laughs> they might do that sound. They'd
0: probably torture after a while. <laughs> uh, and the last question, if heaven exists. What would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates?
4: Well, what I think he probably will say, which is well done.
0: Very good.
2: Very good. You You made it. (laughs) (laughs) Why
0: don't you guys take a moment and just kind of mention, I know Amy have stuff and and you both have stuff you're you're working on and doing and, and releasing And just let everyone know what's coming up with you guys so that they can either see you or buy something from you or interact with you. Uh, Amy, why don't you start?
4: Yeah. In like a week and a half, I'm actually going doing a live um, hour-long webinar um, with a company in Israel to talk about doing oral facial exams um, and how I do those. Because they're selling a Hebrew version of my oral facial exam. Um, Wow. There, which I'm super excited about. So that's coming up. Um, and I'll mm-hmm. have information on that on my Instagram account at Graham Speech Therapy. Um, and we're super excited that the Biorum sound or speech cards for cycles specifically have come out for pre-sale. So you can go on Biorum Speech and order those. Again, I'll have I have all that information on my Instagram as well. Um, so those should be, I think, coming out probably start shipping in August. Um, there's three of those. We've got fronting and backing deck. They're big decks. They're like big ones. And then um, s clusters and final consonant deletion. So those are kind of the big things that are that are happening right now. That are that's kind of going on. And then um, Holland Healthcare is going to be selling my oral facial exam too with their telescope that's coming out. Um, hopefully, I think probably even this month. So just some exciting things happening right now.
2: I feel like compared to that, I'm running around with like
4: a chicken with my head cut off.
2: (laughs) Um, I don't know. I'm always working on like 15 different resources. We'll see which one makes it done first. I have no idea. Um, You'll be surprised as I am, I guess. Um, No, I mean, more webinars. I've done one webinar with 3C Digital Media Network on super segmental. It's not teletherapy related necessarily, but (laughs) yes, with Digital Media Network. So it's... um, you know, it's on super segmentals with kids with hearing loss, and trying to brainstorm a couple other ideas for the the coming uh, months on that. And keep, I'll, I'm sure I'll be blogging this summer. I've got tons of ideas and posts drafted, started. So, same old, same old stuff.
1: Well, we Thank had Jim. a message from Amanda saying mm-hmm. that she um, did she lost power at her house, oh, so and yeah. in their whole area. Uh, so, and she said that you can find her on Luna um for Luna Autismo on Instagram. I will not try and say the whole name of it because I will butcher it, <laughs> but yeah. Universal
0: yes. Del Autismo.
1: Yes. On yep. Instagram. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Luna Autismo. And she's also on YouTube. So that's where you guys can find her. And we appreciate her being here today too.
0: Yeah. And. Just so that uh, just thanking you guys again for being with us and uh, Kim is going to be moving this summer to another part of Utah. So she's got big things coming up.
1: Yep. And uh,
0: in terms of what uh, you guys are both uh, content creators for 3C. So uh, we were really happy about that. And we're going to be, you know, keep adding more people. So Those of you who are watching at home and in our group, you want to be involved with us, uh, shoot me an email, uh, Todd at 3C Digital Media Network, and we will have a conversation and see how maybe we can work together. A Couple of things that sort of down the road a little bit, uh, in in addition to adding more webinars and courses and things like that to our website and even a couple other podcasts that might be coming online as well. We'll probably be getting into some publishing and doing some some publishing uh, through three c. So that's something that i'm I'm personally gonna be working on and developing and uh, and looking at everything from therapy materials to the possibility of even text and something. So that's just uh, in development right now and so that's probably another year or so out, but just so that you guys can do some future planning here about where we want to go and have an idea of where we want to go with the company. With awesome. that, I think we need to wrap up I thank you guys for being here and being a part of all this and being a part of this 50th episode celebration. Couldn't have done it without mm-hmm. all of you guys. And we really appreciate you.
4: Absolutely. Congrats. Yes, oh, Thank, thank you. you.
0: Thank you. On to the next 50 right now.
4: <laughs>
0: you guys have a good night. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Kim and I want to thank Amanda Blackwell, Amy Graham, and Stacy Krause once again for joining us on our live streaming episode that we did this past week celebrating our 50th episode. We couldn't be here without... Amy and Amanda and Stacy and so many of the other guests that we've had over the past year. And so Kim and I are just so appreciative of not only our guests who gave their time to be on the podcast, but also we really, really appreciate you. You are the listeners, our subscribers, who are making all this possible as well. So thank you for listening We've had a wonderful time really developing this podcast. We are always open to your feedback. And please, if you want to be on the podcast, reach out to us. You can email me at todd at 3cdigitalmedianetwork.com. And who knows? Maybe you will be our next guest. And with that, again, thank you for listening. We will be back again next week with another uh, great interview. Until then, be safe and be kind. This has been a production of the 3C Digital Media Network.